for that one. So okay. Check. Check. Checking sound. Checking Check. and savings. John, you want to give Check us a little Checking the sound, John. Check. John, John, Checking John, John, John. 401k. Checking the sound with John. You can tell I got a song. fellow Wells Fargo Checking the song. What are we Checking singing? the song with Jones. I don't know. I just made it. I made that shit up, man. Checking the sound. Checking the sound. Checking the sound with Jones. Checking the sound. 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 Yeah. Live from McGillicuddy's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. podcast is going to be like three and a half hours long i'm pretty sure of it it was hard not to make a podcast that wasn't even about this topic not three and a half hours long <laughs> and now we're actually going to do that topic so. yep yeah it'll be good so hey this is oh uh, we started already yeah we've okay. been recording for like 30 seconds cool now. yeah all right um so uh tonight we are going this is the daves uh, that you are aware of podcast and uh tonight we are going to cover both the San Jose game. Uh, we're going to talk tactics. We're going to talk about who's good and who's lousy on San Jose. We got, After some, that, we got some opinions on that. Imagine that. Way. Yeah. After that, we're actually going to go into a deep dive on Minnesota United's off season and talk about um, season pr- predictions and projections and prognostications. Are there any other pro words we're going to do? Uh, prostate exams. Prostate exams. Yeah. Uh, professing our love. Love for. Yeah. You know, shit, I guess. So, um, so, so we got that to go. Uh, but first, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce John. John Urich is here. John uh, is a contributor to 551. Uh, he <sighs> happens to be here because uh, I work with him. A and B, he was kind or uh, lonely enough to help us actually with our TIFO <laughs> efforts this evening. You want to not cough in the fucking hey. microphone? You want to make Fuck some, you. some kind of effort? Fuck you! So John's here. You piece John, of shit! Yeah. Fuck you! My kids are upstairs sleeping. Son. I don't care. I mean, at McGillicuddy's. Fuck your kids. Which is the bar where we're at right now. I'm gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take my beer. Don't do that. Um, so John's gonna be here to throw out some insights. He has no preparation at all. Oh God, think, no! I don't think he knew he was gonna be on a podcast until like ten minutes ago. Neither so, us, neither of us really prepared for this at all. No, either, that's fair. So. That's fair. Yeah. So um, let's just go right into it, so that uh, yeah. this podcast. Can, can we? Lasts. Can we? Can we get John's voice in the microphone so that people? Oh, will... I didn't even give John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So our so our, <laughs> our listeners host. can actually hear what the fuck John has to say. You <laughs> literal piece of shit. Let John talk. John. Can John? 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 Thanks can you ha- can you talk? Can you talk, please? I can, and thank you for having. That's me. enough. I think. Good, good. That very, very good, John. Thank I'll you. Sit back. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think we heard what John has to say. <laughs> no, John, we'll get you, we'll get you in here, man. And uh, you and I are gonna share a mic, so um, you're gonna have you're gonna have a cold after this. So. Uh, I'm gonna, I so I don't know. Before we jump into this, the actual soccer stuff, I want to talk about a uh, another podcast I've been listening to, which is called 
you uh you talking you two to me which is a podcast that uh scott ackman from comedy bang bang and adam scott from uh parks and rec they do they talk about you two this is it's, like inception a podcast within a podcast ex- right now exactly it? Okay. It, yeah it's it's actually it's fucking hilarious and they're now doing a they basically like turn that podcast into an rem podcast and it's like are you talking rem re me it's the name of the podcast i think Anyways, I've, I'm, I just, when I saw the REM podcast, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in REM. I like REM. I really could give two shits about you two. Anyways, I was, I've been, so I've been like. Are you giving you two <laughs> shits about you two to me? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, they do funny things like where they do like podcasts inside a podcast, which is what you were kind of just doing there. Um, but more or less, it was, just, it was funny because they were like, they, they literally did a podcast where they did a commentary very good of their very first podcast where they had they brought in guests to do a commentary which i'm like ah that's a good idea we should probably do that so i you know that might be on the horizon for the daves i know us doing a like reviewing our own a commentary podcast, track of, doing an mst3k review of our own podcast yeah exactly of one of our one of our very first podcasts although and and speaking of because this podcast is is literally just you know i mean i say literally a lot um <laughs> you do i do i know i do it's 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 little over like little over a year old like we've been doing this podcast for over a fucking year now man like we've been get together at this bars at mcgillicuddy's at mm-hmm. fitzgerald's at lake monster at that crazy town, town hall uh, that fucking bar, town hall yeah we get fucking wasted at town we went hall. to the copper hen Oh, Copper Hen. That was the, that was the one I was thinking hi- of. Yeah. Hipster bar. Yeah. No, it was we, not a bar. It's a it's a cafe. We had, yeah, we had a charcuterie tray. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, we <laughs> so, had one. Yeah. Well, let's. Can we? We should probably jump into talking let's, about. Let's talk uh, San Jose. Talking so. about soccer. Actually, so before, now before we get into specifics, I'll start off here now. Um, overview on San Jose. San Jose has gone all in on like Northern European signings, especially in the front office. They've got a new Swiss GM and Jesse Fiorinelli, which is the most Swiss name I've ever heard. Uh, he's bringing in a Swedish head coach in Michael Starre. Um, they've got an assistant head coach in Alex DeCrook, and they've got a wonderfully named, and I'll mispronounce it, but I love the name, Yuri Niemannen. Uh, yeah, as a goalkeeper makes- coach, so so the, and then they've also even obviously got European uh, signings like a new Swedish DP striker. So so they've gone all in on on a sort of northern European movement. So whatever the roster changes are or are not even, you can at least expect tactical differences with all that front office upheaval. And I think that's what is going to be some of the big questions going into this game is what are they going to look like? What are the tactics going to look like? Even if the players are largely the same. Are they going to employ them differently? And I, I think they may. So let's start here. Who's good, Zeller, on uh, San Jose? Well, well, the thing in, about you, uh, about San Jose is that they brought in a bunch of players. Like outside of LA, uh, LA Galaxy, like San Jose might be the team that brought in the most and like did the most sort of like turnover in their team. So um, they clearly brought in a lot of Scandinavian players. Um, and their coach is definitely much more defensively inclined and a a coach who is, you know, has a a track record of developing young talent, which San Jose has a ton of, especially when they, they're bringing in their two, uh, homegrown three. So they brought in three homegrown players that they signed to contracts, two of which are 16 year olds, one of which is a defender. So, um, 
who's there's good. a learning curve. Yeah, there's a learning curve, definitely. But like, they're, they're, I mean, they clearly brought this coach in to develop that talent, mm-hmm. to make this team better defensively, um, and you know, generally to right the ship. When this team fired Dom Kinnear at the end, of, you know, in the middle of the year, they clearly had a different focus. Like Dom Kinnear was definitely focused on playing the younger, the more experienced MLS players. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Leitch, who came in and coached the team for the second half of the year, brought them to the playoffs, was definitely focused on uh, playing the young players. Like Jackson Ewell is, is a great example. He played like 15 minutes under Dom Kinnear in, mm-hmm. in six games and then played like over 900 minutes uh, in the inter- with the interim coach. So this team is definitely now focused more on the youth. Yep. Um, their defense is not great. They're, but you can talk about what's good, their attack. Their attack is good. It's always been good. Wondolowski uh, scores goals. He scored goals. He scored at least 10 goals every year uh, just consistently. Eight straight years. Eight straight years. And, yeah, the, he's, the next I, closest is five straight years. Yeah, I feel like closest. you're – yeah, I think you're going to talk a little bit more about him and, and probably passing Landon Donovan's goal record in MLS, and he will be the leader in goal scorer in MLS. So, um, I mean, I think – the biggest thing that's good for them is obviously, I mean, their attack is, is going to be potent always. Um, but bringing in the coach uh, who actually knows how to coach a defense and knows how to develop and nurture young talent. That's what's good. And I mean, again, it's, it's the very first game of the year. Not sure if that's going to like manifest itself in, in a, any positive experience. Um, but those are the things that look good to me. Yeah, so um, you know, I'll call out specific players here. They've signed a designated player striker, and I don't know how to pronounce the name. I, it's probably Magnus. I want to say Monus because no, it just feels like Magnus you know? Erickson. Magnus Erickson. Monus yeah. sounds so much more dramatic, though. Um, so you know, time is going to tell if he can perform. But he's got the DP job, um, and he's got to find a way to play in a, a formation that has obviously Chris Wondolowski, who's not going anywhere, um, and, and other strike options as well. So. Um, he's not been playing as a striker, though. No, he's not. And, he's been, so, yeah. and, and I, I want to get there. We're jumping ahead to my parts about who yeah. sucks. But, <laughs> okay. um, yes, he's not been playing as a striker, and that, that is going to raise some questions for me. But the other name that you've already mentioned that I just mentioned, Chris Wondolowski. Look, it's easy to hate Chris Wondolowski. It is. It's easy to look back in the 2014 World Cup and feel pain and all those kinds of things. But the dude, as I said, has scored 10-plus goals in eight straight seasons in MLS, the closest to him to, where that record is concerned, only had five straight straight he's he's one good season away from um challenging landon donovan's goals record in mls history in addition to that um even though the dude's 34 years old now you think that father time has to start knocking on the door last year he he had career high numbers in terms of minutes and assists so he's not slowing down at least not as of last year eventually it's got to catch up with him but there's no reason to think it's happening right now question question is chris wandelowski if he if he Tore his ACL, retired tomorrow. Would he be in the soccer hall of fame, U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame? Sure. Yeah. Really? Without without question. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. Then, all right. Continue. No, I, I I think his numbers in MLS speak for themselves. He, he although he has that notorious moment in the World Cup, he, he actually has quite a few uh, a handful of U.S. caps now. I I okay. think absolutely. Okay. Um, he is a poacher. He's not fun. You know, he just finds goals and he gets them. John, what do you think? Yeah, John, tell me about <laughs> if it's if it's MLS. Um, no, no, it's it's his entire soccer career. His entire soccer career. Yeah, no. I mean, the guy scored a lot of goals in our top league. I would think 
that it's um, it's worth consideration. But would you put him in if he if he literally uh, broke his knee on the field on Saturday, never could play again? Would you put him in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame? I mean, he's had a long career. I probably would. He hasn't transcended the sport um, or, or done as much as others to grow it. Um, okay. Not even as much as someone like Pulisic, who's, I don't know, like half of his – Yeah. like it, 20 years old. I mean, right? we, should, so we, we literally should put Pulisic in the, <laughs> in, the, in the soccer hall of fame right now. Right now, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, I think so. I mean, okay. I, I haven't looked deeply into his stats, but I know enough about um, – U.S. soccer players in the United States in our domestic league, they're in the top one, anyways. And I would, and he's been one of the best for a number of years. So I think you'd, you, I would think you would end up in there at okay. some point. Yes, right. just curious. Let me give you one last name. Yeah, you, we'll yeah, you, who yeah, sucks, you get it because yeah. I definitely want to talk about who sucks. Um, but uh, Florian Jungworth, dude's a stud. Uh, he was anchor in the back line last year as a central defender. He's a guy who can get forward and score too. He uh, scored the shit out of a goal against Minnesota United. He did like a minute in. Um, now he looks like he's probably going to be moving to like a D mid type of role, which is probably a better fit for his strengths. Um, so, but that means two things. First of all, he'll be a little bit more potent at what he's does best, but also a defense that sucked last year, just lost its best player also to the midfield. So I think there's a, a double edged sword to come with that. So anyways, Jungworth, uh, you know, I'd have his babies, um, but let's talk about who sucks. So Zeller, as if, if, you, if you're not familiar with our podcast, this is how we always break down our game previews. Who's good, who sucks, and then we talk about basically how United should play them and then give a prediction. So um, I'll cast it to you. Who sucks? Um, you know, there's a media award for the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. We could actually get into the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame <laughs> via the media award. Can you imagine if that happened? Are there any podcasts in there right now? I don't think so. They adopted the media award in 2007, so I'm guessing there's no podcasts that have yet <laughs> have yet. made that right. have made yeah yet. You guys are, tra- um, you guys are we are we are we are. <laughs> I'm right now advocating for this soccer podcast to be nominated the, uh, for the Colin Jose Media Award. Colin Jose, who yep. the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, some research to do for soccer media. Speaking of soccer media, uh, I am doing an event on Friday That's before we true. jump into the you next are. thing. You are. Yeah. Uh, at New Bohemia in Uptown uh, with E Pluribus Unum. They're doing a, a soccer, Minnesota United soccer media roundtable mm-hmm. with special guests. Um, I'm technically one of the special guests because I'm actually going on behalf of the Dark Clouds, but I'm going to represent Dave's I know because. Because you're just going to drop it constantly. Like. Yeah, what do you think of Dave Zeller? Well, as a writer, contributor, and podcaster for Dave's I Know, yeah. a venerated website yeah. and podcast. Uh, be- of all- because because this fucking team fucking sucks, and I fucking <laughs> and hate this team. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm saying this. Uh, yes. So, uh, seven o'clock, New Bohemia on Friday. Uh, if you're hearing this tomorrow, which is you probably on Thursday, which you probably are, then it's tomorrow. If you're not hearing, if you're hearing this afterwards, if you listen to this podcast, like. 10 weeks later, like MJ, uh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> good luck. All right. Who sucks? Who sucks? Who sucks on? Oh, San Jose. Minnesota United. I have a laundry list of people who sucks on Minnesota United. Um, 
on San Jose. Well, clearly, clearly the defense is fucking terrible, right? Like this was the worst defense ever to participate in MLS playoffs. And let's be fair, MLS playoffs is a shit show, and there's way too many teams in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. but they had like what was negative twenty one goal differential. Negative twenty one, also a record for the worst literally for the somebody who made worst the playoffs ever. Yeah. Yeah, for a team. If you have a negative twenty one goal, it, to put that in context, Minnesota United had a negative twenty three goal differential last year, so we're kind of on par with them on that. But they got it in the playoffs. Yeah, and the only reason they did not have a worse goal differential is because Minnesota refused to score against San Jose at the end of the year. Um, they did bring in Jefferson Quintana, um, who will be starting with them on defense. Uh, they have they signed uh, their sixteen year old homegrown defender. Uh, Jacob Onion Ridge, uh, he should eventually help out, but definitely not immediately. So, I mean, basically this defense is shit. Uh, Florian Youngworth can play in the central uh, defense. He won't. Um, but in a pinch, they could bring him back from the deep mid In a pinch, they could, yeah. But, um, but again, ben, I guess the defense is definitely – it does not appear improved at all. They brought in another uh, – was a Scandinavian kid, uh, Joe Koiberg something like that um and they but the team also like the the person who actually kept this team in most games david bingham is gone apparently they trust andrew tarbell a bunch which i don't know i mean he did play well in like 11 games but we'll see so basically the defense on this team sucks um again you know talking about who sucks like the sucking part is not necessarily a specific person, but the fact that this team is, as I mentioned before, one of the teams that brought in the most players, right? This has a lot of new pieces, a lot of new pieces in their starting 11. Like, can they gel mm-hmm. properly? They have they have the opposite problem of United. They were mediocre last year, but they have a ton of turnover to contend with. Minnesota United sucked last year and has almost no turnover to contend with. They have, like, the exact opposite yeah. scenarios there. Also, Chris Wondolowski sucks because I will never forgive him for missing that fucking sitter against Belgium in 2014. Doubly so since we're not going to the World Cup this summer. So, fuck Chris Wondolowski. I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, I was hanging out with Ben. You met Ben, Childs. Um, we, yeah. we watched the Belgium game there, and um, Julia thought she would be very sweet to us and like bring us some like snacks and stuff she went and picked up some stuff and she li- and these are like two things we never fucking have around the house but she just got them she went and got like belgian eclairs and she got belgian beer like she had no idea who we were playing she didn't know any wiser and she brings us all this belgian shit I'm like what we don't even ever have this stuff why are you get? i think that's why we lost that's is <laughs> so your, your wife mostly down to my wife oh, it was half wife. it was half chris wandelowski and half my wife <laughs> my my wife no, she's not your wife. My wife. No, 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 no. Come okay. Let me tell you who sucks besides my <laughs> yeah. wife. Yeah, you tell me who sucks. Yeah. Um, and then let's let's we can let John tell us who 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 sucks. Yeah. And if if you don't have a San Jose opinion, you just give me an opinion. On yeah. Who just sucks in your just, life. Yeah. You. Yeah. If you want to say like if you want to say who sucks generally, that's fine. I'll make if it's, something up. If it's if it's Martin, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, like that's Martin fine. generally sucks. That's so. true. So so up top, Danny Hoisen. Okay. So he is a striker. Did you say Hoisen? I did call. Him it's Hoisen. not Hoisen. I know it's not. <laughs> Thank you. I'm calling him Hoisen. He's uh, so Danny Hoisen's us. Yeah, he's so so he's a striker. A lot of people actually have him pegged to have a really good year this year. Doyle, um, Bear, other guys. Um, 
honestly, here's what I look at. He's a TAM level dude. They got him back this year. He's, they're paying TAM level salary to this guy for a guy who had five goals in 32 games last year. Now, that's not TAM level output. The dude took 70 shots, 24 of them were on target, and he had five goals. That's not TAM level output. What's more, he's playing along Wondolowski, who's going to be their key goal scorer, and now they bring in a DP striker to play him on the wing in uh, Monius Eriksson. And so I'm, I'm looking at this saying, like, where is that? Where are the extra goals coming from? You've got your DP dude who you're expecting to cut in from the wing and start making goals. You've still got Wondolowski. Clearly they plan on giving this, this guy time, but why is he going to be better this year than he was last year? Five goals in 32 games is not enough for a TAM-level striker who's getting regular time. Um, you've already talked about the defense. I don't want to restate things that you've already said. The biggest thing is that there's been way too much turnover for them to turn around on opening day and be genuinely reliable. Um, I don't know if Quiberg, which who has the greatest name, it, it doesn't, it's not... <laughs> It it's looks like weird. it looks like a fucking Martian. So name. fucking weird. It's, yeah. Um, so so I I'm not convinced Joel Quiberg is going to start at left back. I think it might be Shea Salinas. He's just a more steady hand MLS veteran. I mean every everything back. I've seen is it's it's Salinas and not not Quiberg Quiberg whatever the fuck it is. Like, Zyborg yeah, yeah. Zyborg, yeah. and and from everything everything I've actually ever read about it is that he's actually not. Uh, transitioning well to MLS so it That's will definitely good. be Salinas yeah. so, which, which the means, atmospheric changes between Mars and uh, San Jose are significant so. which, which which means like that this defense is it's prone. only slightly improved from, I don't even think it's improved well they lost Florian Jungworth they lost well, a good Jungworth goalkeeper is, and they brought in a bunch of well, young but dudes but Florian Jungworth is, is actually just playing in like a, a central defensive midfield oh he'll help which is people so one of the things that we talk about especially with Minnesota United is that um, the defense is what's most important, but also the defense starts in the midfield. If you, you need a good defensive a central defensive midfielder, if you have, if you have a, if you have a six that can just go box to box and just beat the shit out of people, which Florian Youngworth can and will do, that is a massive improvement. So moving him from a center back position to that central defensive mid field position actually improves if you know presuming that they don't bring in uh a boxel or somebody who is just gonna like ship goals fucking left and right oh God. um presuming that they bring it that they bring in someone who is and and i feel like the, the people that that uh san jose has brought in are are better than boxel um you move so it, it's the same it's essentially the same thing as like moving cobble up to a central defensive midfield position, right? So he can, he knows how to play defense. He can break people's fucking shit, but he can also attack, which is what you want a central defensive midfielder to do. Like they're not going to attack a bunch, but they know how to break people's shit up and can attack and can also come back and, and defend. And moving Youngworth into that position is a vast improvement. It's, Presuming again, presuming that they brought in enough people and and good enough players to take over his role in the in the central of the defense. Sure, John, what's your take on this? I mean, are they better for moving their best defender up to the defensive midfield, uh, but leaving a poor defense behind, or are they better keeping? Well, back? The, <laughs> argue poor defense, but whatever. 
Yeah, I still think they're going to have problems on defense. Even I mean, Youngworth, he's going to play next to Godoy in the middle of the uh, midfield too, right? And, he, and I thought he yeah. looked really good against uh, Minnesota last year, Godoy, um, the pa- Panamanian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that uh, for me, I, when I used to play, I played a lot of defense um, when I was a lot younger on all the bad teams that I played on. I played a lot of defense and I played a lot of goalie, and I felt like, you know, just as just as important as some of the good teams have a really awesome number six. You also need to have a, a a goalie back there that you can trust who can marshal the defense and some very communicative center backs. And I've seen a lot of names on this defensive back four that I don't recognize and I don't really have a lot of um, confidence in, even with one of their kind of more uh, former mainstays, Brutes, uh, Bernardes. I don't think he's with the team anymore either. Bernardes? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think he is. I'm not I'm I'm uh, I'm very um, optimistic of our chances of, of being able someone being able to create chances against this defensive back four. Um, I just don't think and it's and it's the first game of the season. You know who knows? It took forever for um, Portland to wake up against Minnesota on the first game of the season last year. Um, who knows? We might get lucky and and that might you know that might take a little bit of you know a time again, but. I just don't. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the defense is, is where, is where they're weakest as of right now. And a new, you know, new coach, new system, that's a weakness too. And it's it's not going to be set in March. Yeah. it's going to take time. It's going to be a lot of fluidity to it. Yeah. So yeah. that's a really good that's transition into how how should United play them then? Yeah, I mean, so San Jose has been playing a four four two, that looks a lot like more like a four three three. Um, they've been playing uh, Jose and Erickson and Wando up top. I'm not sure if Wando is – I mean, I would presume that you know later in his career that Wando is more of a super sub and they're going to play more of a 4-4-2. But uh, in their preseason games, they've been playing that a 4-4-2. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Youngworth is the glue. He's the, he's the guy who creates um, both on the – you know on the back end securing shit down and bringing it up forward. Um, however, this team is very young and very flexible. And so like when I say that they are, they have a, they can play a lot of different formations and they can, and a lot of different players can play in those different formations, right? It's so like young Earth can come back into a center back position if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, like San Jose is pretty good good with injuries they don't really have anything so i would presume I, that four four two four three three sort of thing um i mean the way that minnesota should play is a three five two they won't <laughs> so let's talk about how they will play um i mean let's talk about how they should play in my in my estimation um three five two with common cavo and either mirrors or boxel in the back uh, Ibarra, Ibsen, Schuler, Molino, Finlay across the middle, and Dunlady Ramirez up top. Um, you could sub in Molino for Dunlady and pop TS on into like the right wing if you needed to. Um, this sounds like the same shit you were talking about for eighty percent of last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but what you know what? But they didn't do that, and you know how many points they got last year. 34 36 yeah so i mean don't listen to me but listen to me also yeah 
So I, I don't disagree. So so let me let me start here. Um, they are going to be without defensive midfielder Sam Cronin. He was a huge add for the team last year. Oh, yeah. He's got some yeah, concussion there's, there's symptoms. So um, Luis Fernando, who would be a, a sort of erstwhile defensive back, he has not shown up with the team yet. So I think the D mid roll is kind of up in the air for this game. Um, I think it's going to fall to the Schuler Martin Ibsen um, triad type of thing. Essentially, I think Ibsen is going to play along either Schuler or Martin. I don't think Ibsen does doesn't get time, and then it's more of a question of who's playing in a more advanced role at a given time. So I, I think it comes down to Schuler or Martin then. So. So how are we going to play formation-wise? Um, first of all, of course, we're going to play a 4-2-3-1. I don't think Adrian Heath is, of, is aware of other formations. Um, the, he, my, no, he actually I'm is. Being, yeah, it's unfair. He's done He's done some experimentation. But unfortunately, none of that experimentation happened in this preseason. No. You've got he, a clean he preseason. You can you can shuffle the deck. You can try weird shit. And if it fails, you got nothing he to li- lose. He did literally nothing of that. He, he trotted played, out almost the same starters as the last year. Same fucking starters. Same formation. Same formation. He, but he, I don't but, know. But yeah, he played like a three-five-two in the fucking uh, Open Cup last year. Against, yeah, I, against Kansas City when it, when it matters in Kansas City when like yeah, and didn't have the players to actually fucking play it. So, no. fuck this, <sighs> fuck this fucking team. I, no, I would like to see something like a three-five-two. I, I like the formation you gave. In fact, in fact, the lineup that you gave is almost convincing me that maybe I need to rethink what I've got. But um, all right, I, I think there's two ways to approach it. Then either it'd be a traditional three-five-two with wing backs, and then I would have Calvo, Coleman, and either Boxall or Omsberg, depending on how Omsberg is looking. I, I don't get to see behind the scenes on that, but um, they would be playing in the back. Ta Son would be a left wing back. I, he can play on the left side. Prefers the left side be an interesting choice as a wing back or and then i think finley is the right wing back and then you've got ibarra ibsen molino in the in the more central three and um, i like i like ibarra because i mean i like ibarra because ibarra can track like will he'll track will back. track back yeah and he you know you know he can do it so mm-hmm. you put ibarra and ts on um i think you actually get some people who will actually track back for Right. Like that that was my two. thought. How do you still support the defense? And I think that that allows you to do it better by having yeah. both those guys on the same side. But now, now the other flip side of that that you could have is is with no wing backs. This would be an, an interesting and much more central type of a of a of a three five two. But essentially, the way that you would would play that would be to have. Um, You'd have like a, a Mali- well, it'd be a little bit more like a lineup like you had, but you got more attacking options and you got them a little bit more centralized. So you've got an Ibsen and a Schuler Martin playing as a number eight and a number six. That central dude, that number ten, probably ends up being Molino, I guess. But that, I think that's probably unfortunate. And then per and then, current roster, per the current roster, yes. Yeah. And then and then you've got you've got. Um, Again, you don't have a true wing back because a wing back, I think, is more tasked with tracking back. Instead, you've got like a, an Ethan Finley on the right and maybe a Miguel Ibarra on the left. They're more centrally playing, so we're really clogging up the center of the field, but their duties have less to do with tracking back and more to do with providing interplay in the middle of the field. Your number 10 is no longer your most advanced attacking midfielder then. And then the two strikers up top, so we don't have to choose between Ramirez and Dunlady. I don't think that is the, the, going to be what happens, um, but... That's the experiment that I wish I had seen in the preseason. Yeah. So. I mean, so that's how they should play. I mean, how they – we should have actually have a, a, a segment on this podcast of, like, how they should play, how they will play. <laughs> and how they should play is, like, where me and you give our, you know, 
correct opinions on how the they should play. Ones, yeah. <laughs> and then how they will play is which what Adrian Heath runs out and when they eventually he lose. Runs, runs out of or, ideas. Or, you know, like draw 0-0 zero, zero or 1-1 or, one, one or whatever. Or so. John, are we, mm-hmm. uh, are we off on this? Do you see hope yeah, for the John, 4 yeah, two, John. Three, one, and... Fucking add to this fucking podcast, John. So if I'm thinking – if I'm looking at the preseason I, and if, if we're just going to stick to the Please don't. Stick to the please don't we look have to, or what we know, yeah, then no, please we don't probably look, won't do uh, – Please don't look to the preseason. Anything, anything too. Um, I would yeah, – the four two three one is probably what we're going to roll out um, with the – with um, you know, pick your poison up top for whoever you want to come on and whoever – or whoever we want to, you know, be on for the first 90, 90 80 minutes of the game. And Who do you think that will be, Ramirez stuff. or Dunlady? I think it should be Ramirez. Um, I, I still think Dunlady is young and fast enough where he's versatile, where he could move around a little bit more. Um, so I think I think if you're going to get both of them on the field within that um, formation, um, then I would probably just roll out Ramirez. Um, although, I mean, he makes sense in coming on in the last – 20 minutes of the game as your closer too, or try, if you're down by a goal or something like that. Um, what I would like to see, I mean, it's, it's a similar, um, I'd like to see something more like a, like a five, four, one, um, or a four, three, three, anything where we are, anything where we've got like two or th- we've got three central guys in defense and we've got like our one no, true number six. And the other guys play as like more true number Eight, so they're the box to box because we don't have a number ten. Why plug anyone in there and have those guys distribute the ball out wide to the wing backs and then the the wingers? And I think the fourth the four three three pushes them further up the field. I think Dunlady has something to add there, maybe, but he's looked good as a as a as a target striker too. Um, we'll probably run out with the four two three one. Um, we don't have the personnel to do it, but that's what Heath knows best. Um, man, if you can get Ramirez and Don Lottie up top and, and get the people who can give them service around them, I think you've got a, a really good chance. Um, I think Ramirez plays, has other people play off him and plays, you know, well to those people, um, better than a lot of other people give him credit for. So, um, I'd say, you know, the time is now to, you know, figure out if those guys can stay on the field for, uh, for 90 minutes together and wreak havoc. Yeah, mixed results last year on that front. Um, I'm bringing here Zeller. Who do you got in this game? What in the game? <laughs> Who's going to win this game and by what margin? Uh, I mean, San Jose. What's the score? Clearly, three to one. Okay. I've got a similar outcome. I've got San Jose two to nothing. They're at home. Uh, I think we've got way too many questions. I do think if we do a bunker and a counter, that might be our best approach against a team who has a defense that's leaky enough that they might let in a goal on a counter. Um, but an attack good enough that we need to pay attention to it. So, but I don't think we're going to get that done. San Jose two to nothing. John, do you care to make some prognostication? We just haven't shown a lot offensively for me to think that we're going to go into San Jose and score three or four goals because you're going to need that in order to beat this team on the road. Um, I think we'll end up losing two to one or three to one um, if we end up getting another goal on a um, on a set piece because they were uh, San Jose was dreadful on set pieces last year. Um, I think that's you know where maybe an equalizer comes comes out of that in that equation, but 
you know, I'd love to, I'd love to have us go in there on the, on the, on the front foot and uh, wreak havoc. But I just didn't see enough in the preseason that makes me feel very confident that that's going to happen on uh, Saturday. That's funny to hear you say you want him to come out on the front foot and wreak havoc because I, I specifically have in my notes that I want him to play like fucking cowards and be afraid yeah. and just bunker and and just hope for the best on the counter. Minnesota United looked great on the counter last year, and whenever whenever they had possession of the ball and they were and they were on the front foot and they were bombing forward, and um, and, and pushing forward with the pace that they have, especially with their with their wingers, the, the breadth of wingers that they have, um, that's when they looked really good, and I think that's how you potentially beat a team like this. But man, are are we gonna be able to put it together on Saturday? I just I just don't know, which is why I would defer to the home team in this case. Um, I think that's a good summary of what we're going to see um, this week in San Jose. Um, Zeller, should we move on to other United news before we launch into our season preview? Sure. Let's do this fast because some of the stuff people are probably already aware of, and we've got Sorry. a lot of news. I was, items, I was just so. setting up the uh, Dave's I Know Fantasy League and MLS. That's the thing I was supposed to using do, this time like, to do that. A long time ago. I the just, season starts in two days. Yeah, so, so yeah. We're going to have, we're gonna hey, have, we have like we three have Tam, people. We, we have Tam for it, though, uh, donated. We have donated, donated Tam. Tam. Uh, and we'll talk about the sponsor of that donated Tam in a future podcast. Okay. But yeah, Let's talk so, about that. Yeah. So I'm, I'll rifle through the news while you're not paying attention no, to no, the no, podcast. No, no, no. I, I just set right it up. I sent, I, sent the, I sent the shit out. So, okay. yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about the news. Okay. Hey, by the way. Did you guys know a Pluribus Lunum is hosting a media roundtable on Friday at New Bohemia in Uptown? Um, and since, you know, the Daves are official media. Yes. Because we are definitely media. Um, Hall of Fame bound, I think. How, <laughs> yes. If we can get on that. Some, if some the of, campaign one of our, begins One of now. our listeners could get on figuring out how we get uh, uh, nominated for <clears throat> the Ricardo Clark um Media, <laughs> media award or media hall of fame wing or whatever the fuck it is that'd be great <clears throat> i'm gonna add them to like my notes my my, my news alerts uh, for, and bring it in in 55 one you figure it out like his youngest uh, granddaughter graduated. oh no fuck 55 one <laughs> fuck those guys it's not that's not this podcast this podcast is the dave i know podcast we both we both contribute for that i know fuck you uh i don't I've not been asked to contribute to that fucking website. We have too many writers now. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it's not my it's not my profanity at all. Uh, it's it's mostly your writing. <laughs> that's <laughs> listen. That's fair. Oh, no. right, let's let's hear some news. What's going that's on? Fair. What's going oh, on in New Bohemia? And, and anyway, so New Bohemia at Uptown uh, on Friday at seven p.m. Uh, there's gonna be a uh, e Pluris Unum is hosting, or Lunum, Pluris Lunum is hosting a uh, a media event where they're going to talk to a bunch of uh, media people, including uh, one of the Daves, uh, as well as uh, some people from uh, TNE and the Dark Clouds. I'm actually representing the Dark Clouds <laughs> and the Daves because we are technically media, but not really. Let's let's be fair. Um, Andy Grader from uh, Pioneer Press is going to be there. Uh, Bruce McGuire, who you've heard on this podcast from, uh, he does his blog, Dunor is going to be there. Um, a bunch of, uh, other media, Jeff Reuter. Um, you can tell him that his name is spelled stupidly like in person, if you want to, if you really, really want to, which I would suggest you do. 
because um, his name is spelled stupidly. It's a U-E, not E-U. So, yeah, come join us for that. Why don't you tell us about the rest of the fucking news? <laughs> I said I want to rifle through the news fast to talk about something we already talked about for five no, minutes. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I was just, I was just saying about a thing that the Daves are going to be a part of, and I want to make sure that it gets proper credit at the beginning of the episode or the relatively midpoint of the episode. Anyone who is still awake gets it and is totally down with our. <laughs> Come say hey if if you want to buy me a drink, I would not say no to that and it, the more drinks i get the more i will probably so, go off on adrian heath during the round table that'll make the period round table good. plus there's also a uh, karaoke afterwards that dave martin is refusing to come to because he's an asshole yeah i'm sorry i love karaoke i can't make it in other news other than me missing karaoke uh luis fernando and uh, bertrand Owundi echo have not joined the team yet uh I, I think that paperwork is being sorted out there, but that makes it almost impossible for them to play this weekend. Although when Jerry Teeson joined the team, he played a day after he arrived in the state. He was a jet lagged as hell. So anything's possible, I guess. So, um, but right now I wouldn't count on them playing. Uh, already mentioned that Sam Cronin is going to be unavailable due to concussion symptoms. So the, the D mid spot is going to be up in the air a little bit. I feel like Sam Cronin's not long for MLS. Boy, that concussion shit, once it takes off, I mean, yeah. good Lord. Um, we saw it with Joe Greenspan last year. Unfortunately, yeah. he's no longer with the club. Um, Adrian, he said in an interview here that the team is still gunning for one or two signings. He panted in a sweaty, weird interview they had. Um, he even suggested they might get those signings over the line before the weekend. I have no idea who, although I've got maybe a guess at who. I mean, the, the rumor came out seven days ago or so that Simon Dawkins was coming to the team, and then the rumor just died and disappeared. No no announcement, nothing. Speaking of people of San Jose, let go. Yeah, right, yeah. So, at, you know, one of those one or two might be Simon Dawkins, and sure, maybe, maybe it gets across the line before this weekend. I have no idea, but um, he's he's dropping those little hints. Have you have you ever met Adrian Heath? Yeah. Okay. I met him with you. Oh, at the thing at, at the local? bar, yeah. 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 He's Fine. he's kind of a sweaty dude. He just <laughs> is generally sweaty. <laughs> I don't know. wasn't where wasn't where I wanted to take that, but yeah, sure. He's yeah, he he gave me shit for wearing a Liverpool hat. So he's never he, he's, he's an Everton he's an Everton guy. Yeah, he gave me shit for that, and I I took off my Everton hat to take a picture with him, which I immediately regretted because you know whatever, fuck that guy. To each their own, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. At least you didn't have like an Orlando USL something or other. <laughs> made it really awkward. Yeah, I mean, could have been Aztecs. Yeah, could have been, could have been, yeah, could have been wearing an Austin Aztec, Aztecs jersey, and you know, but whatever. <laughs> um, here, here's big news. Um, maybe our biggest, um, the I, best, I, the best move of the offseason. That's what I wanted to say. It was the best move of the offseason. Uh, Minnesota United has bought out Vadim Demidov's contract. Thank about. Fucking five hundred fifty thousand. God. Um. So so um. That does a couple of things. First of all, he's no longer on the roster, which is its own benefit. Um. Second of all, it actually gives us back an international spot. Um. Which, in terms of my next kind of news item here, as near as I can tell, I've done the math. I don't think we've got enough international spots. Um. I'll spare you. I have literally a whole page of notes about this here. If you were looking. Yes, at we definitely do not here. have enough international spots. No, we definitely don't. So it is. I'll, I'll give the brief summary. If we add Simon Dawkins, which it seemed like a done deal seven days ago, 
um, then we will need three more international spots by my, my by my math. Now, if we did something simple like canceling uh, Jose Leton's loan, we would only need two. He's only on loan, but he's taking up the international spot. Yeah. Now, beyond that, short of straight up offloading guys or them getting green cards really really fast, I'm seeing two international spots that we need three if we add Dawkins. Um, I feel like we definitely like friends. Pongrap is not going to be on the he's going to be sent to st louis would be my guess and that puts one back in our so so we either we either need one or two if we sign dawkins at yeah. that point i mean i guess there's the possibility of trading for an international spot you know um, Always open. yep uh it wouldn't also surprise me if uh the bertrand echo o is also sent to st louis at least temporarily to like mm-hmm. get him some seasoning ahead of bringing him up and then we figure out then we figure out international spots if we need to trade for one or or whatever so because there are i mean there definitely are mls teams that do not use all their international spots mm-hmm. um the possibility is there but is anybody else feeling a little bit like you know you went to the supporter summit and stuff and you've got chris right out there saying look we've got two new i know people are nervous we've got two new signings both of them have cameroonian national team quality and then they get them. They just they never play them in the preseason. They medium offload them to some USL team to get them off the roster. I mean, it, yeah, it's not. A, that was the signing that we were hyped. That's not in. Yeah, that's not an unthing that you know. It's not a thing that you sh- that definitely people should just. When we're looking not to add about. young talent and talk right into it talk talk right into when it, we're looking John. to add young talent in the offseason and you hear something like that you get a little bit excited and then you and then you find a couple no-name guys who could very well prove to prove to be very great signings and can contribute later this year but take some time to get that news out and the paperwork to clear one of the players isn't even here yet um yeah that's that's a concern um know in communication to a small group of you know really diehard fans mm-hmm. as well as looking you know at the long tail like okay well i mean i get it like you you don't have to sign people on the very first day of the off season but um if we're looking to add to the team and add better players and you hear something like that you get excited and you're like who who's this guy who do you play for yeah. like, i mean it also it also wouldn't surprise me it also wouldn't surprise me if like Tson and Nicholson are going through green card process stuff right now. They won't get them. Don't you have to be here for like two years in order to do that? Not no. I mean, you don't. I suppose Tson had a kid here, so yeah. Or no, they had a kid and they brought him here, so maybe that helps. No, they had a, they had a kid. They had a kid here, so his kid is like DACA eligible. Yeah, so it's like uh, you know all that. <laughs> That fun, um, you know, like anchor family stuff. So, right. uh, Tyson had a kid here, so he can anchor family himself here. So, <laughs> fuck you, Donald Trump, you piece <laughs> of shit. Um, no, you don't necessarily green. Getting a green card is different than like applying for citizenship, right? So right. it's so if you are planning on working here for a while, which I would imagine T Tyson and Sam Nicholson are planning on working here for a while, they can apply for a green card and you can get a green card that's like a path to citizenship if you if you want it. You doesn't even actually necessarily you need to go through citizenship. It's just it's just like a thing that just makes you eligible to work here. You pay taxes here, you do all the stuff you need to do here. Um it's not hard. It I mean it, it's hard to get one, but it's not like 
Impossible, super hard. Right? It's not like yeah, like getting a becoming a citizen of the United States, which is a lot harder than getting a green card. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a person who's working here on a work visa, and I would actually like to just live here and work here and be a contributing member to society. So it's not hard to get it. So it wouldn't surprise me if like people like Nicholson or uh, I mean, even if Franz Pangop is if you know he thinks he has a, a future here in MLS working at getting a green card that's probably gonna take probably another you know year or so but like people who've been here for a while nicholson mm-hmm. ts on working it. working on green cards right now so well let's hope that if they're gonna work in this country much longer it's not for this team um that's good that's, that's a, there's that a lot is that is depressing <laughs> there's a there's a lot of news to talk about but there's the most important news item of all is the daves i know preview of Minnesota United's 2018 season. I want to get into it. How's that sound? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here's here's how I want to break this down. Um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna overview key subtractions from the team from the 2017 season. We're gonna look at key additions in the off season. That should take about a minute. Um, and then we're gonna talk about um, kind of an off season summary and a grade for it. Uh, it and then we're gonna move into some uh, specific predicted tactics and lineup. And then we're actually gonna give. Overall predictions, including uh, points, place, biggest surprises, biggest disappointments, and even some the, the weirdest fucking thing we think is going to happen. So we're, we're going to cover it from a, a handful of different angles. So I'm going to start with you, Zeller. Uh, recap some of our key, our key subtractions from the offseason. Uh, Johan Venegas. Okay, ouch. Vadim Demidov now, I think, qualifies as a significant subtraction. Nick Rogers? You know what? I'm going to call that a significant subtraction, but I'm going to call that addition by subtraction. I actually don't mind Nick as much as many people do, but I think the move to Chris Wright in his role was the right move. I have, I have thoughts on standpoint. that as well. But, yeah, like the key subtractions means that these were people who actually contributed to this team, and nobody who actually left this roster – after the end of the year actually contributed to this team. So I'm saying there are, there are zero, literally no key subtractions because literally no one actually contributed to this roster. Let me, let me throw out three names that should not be on some key MLS players list, but they got, they got time. Uh, Ish Jome got a bunch of time last year. You and I have a lot of negative feelings about him, but he's gone. And I, I think that too is addition by subtraction, but he, he got a lot of time last year. Um, Joe Greenspan got his amount of time. Um, he's concussions. Gone. Um, concussions. Yeah. yeah. Hey, kids, don't play sports. No, they're bad. Um, Jermaine Taylor, about whom we had very strong feelings at the very beginning of the season. Um, I don't think that he was what this team needed, but he did get his time. He was. Uh, he became more stable in the in the center of the defensive lineup over time. He's gone now too. I'm not losing sleep over any of those. Uh, I think we got rid of the dead weight that we needed. And so that was at least positive. Now, um, if we look at key additions, man, there's not a bunch of them. Um, I'll Let me just read off the ones we got. Probably our most key addition, and this is kind of sad to say, was Tyrone Mears. He's a 35-year-old veteran right back. It's probably not the end of the world to add a veteran presence onto our back line that was terrible last year, but it's not exactly like he turns us into a contender overnight. Um, we, we, then we added a bunch of dudes like Franz Pengop, 
look like you know in the highlight video in that fucking hardcore music playing over it look like the dude is gonna could be real strong who knows um but we haven't given him any real time and he may not make the lineup but when game day comes harrison heath adrian heath's son he looks like a backup to a backup so far we haven't seen anything out of him we added a ton of youth talent on the the on draft day. We added uh, Wyatt Omsberg in the defense, a really tall center back. Um, so he actually looked good in the time he had in the preseason. Mason Toya uh, up top, attacker, generation Adidas dude. He is going to be competing for minutes with two dudes who are already competing for minutes in Dunlady and Christian. Um, we added Xavier Gomez who may get time or may not get time in a crowded midfield. Your, your, your Carter Manley. Your Carter Manley's also a right back when we asked. Also, time. yeah, Xavier Gomez. Did, did he make the fucking team? I don't, they didn't, they didn't he, sign him today. Didn't they? No. That's news to me because he's, he's on the website. Good job, John. Number and everything, but Good job, John. You're here for a reason, John. Um, so never mind. That's no problem. But Carter Manley, another right back. He figures to play behind either, of course, Tyrone Mears, or if Tyson played the where he did last year, he'd be over there too. So, so he's he's a backup right now. Maybe the other biggest addition is Matt Lampson and goalkeeper. Um, savvy trade work they did on draft day. Got Lampson. He was a starter for um, Chicago last year. Played really competently. Uh, and based on what I saw of the preseason, including kind of a howler by Shuttleworth. Matt Lampson may have played his way into the starting lineup uh, on on against San Jose. He definitely played well against Atlanta, so yeah. there's that. I mean, for me, that is the only that's the addition signing. so far that that is actually on the team. That I'm just like, okay, this is this is helping the team out. Like, and I don't think that Matt Lampson is a better keeper than Bobby Shuttleworth in that, but I also. <laughs> think that Matt Lampson is a uh, another keeper that will keep Bobby, Bobby Shuttleworth honest in terms of like making sure that he is playing his best uh, competition. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day. So, um, but other than that, I mean, for, in terms of like what they've actually signed, who are people who are, I mean, we can talk about the people who are not in camp yet or haven't actually officially been signed yet, which there are a few, um, and I feel like there's some people in there who might be difference makers, but of the people that are assigned in camp have played. Matt Lampson is the only one who gives me any sort of hope. And it's, that's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible because this team needed help at everywhere, at pretty much every position outside of strikers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, they maybe made an uh, they did some help at goalkeeper. That was pretty much about it. So, John, you have you 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 look like you have something very informative and very uh, not, yeah, no, just, but, um, but blurt it out anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, as, as, for all the names that David mentioned earlier, one one of the Davids mentioned earlier <laughs> uh, that Martin mentioned earlier were. Um, I mean, guys that were, you know, you're not going to miss them. They're somewhat forgettable. There's a couple names from the old NASL days that I'm sure some uh, long fan, long oh. in the tooth fans will miss. They're and still all forgettable. <laughs> but they're gone. They're gone, and they couldn't, for whatever yeah. reason, break it, break into the first team for, and get regular minutes and contribute. So okay, the, we'll part, move on and get yeah. younger and, yeah. and look for different things. But if you look at additions, 
Yeah, the only guy that we've oddly enough, I think really the only meaningful additions that we've made ever since the season started last year, other than uh, Jerry, because I like him um, so far, appear to have been through trades. And uh, I think the only guy that you know we traded for so far in, um, in the offseason is Lampson, and he start there's he started like what 27, 28 games last year for Chicago, one of the better teams in the East. The East is. Uh, was and is still considered a tougher division than the West, so he's played against tougher, stiffer competition as well. I think he brings a. I think he'll start more games this year than um, than Bobby, and I think it'll be a slight upgrade. It's not gonna. It's not, he's not gonna carry us on his back to the playoffs. That's not how this team is built. And then all the other additions are okay. Very. I'm not going to say forgettable. I'm going to, with an optimistic lens, speculative or project. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of befuddled that we don't sign Gomez, um, our second round pick, um, and loan him out. But maybe maybe that's tougher to, you know, try to swing in a few days when you're, you know, looking at numbers on the roster and guys yeah. that are guys that are on a you know on a tar- sitting on a tarmac across the mm-hmm. pond waiting for, you know, a plane to take off and land and get here and, and what's your team going to look like? So my, my question actually about Lampson and I, I, I also, I mean, I, I think I agree that Lampson brings some much needed competition to the goalkeeper spot that, um, clearly some, for some reason did not happen last year with Alboja. Um, too bad, but I mean, Lampson. Yeah. He looked good last year, uh, playing in front of the Chicago defense. Chicago defense was actually very good last year. Um, it was definitely not Minnesota United defense no, not at all. where they were like leaking goals left and right. So, I mean, it, this has brought, been brought up to me on, on Twitter multiple times with different uh, people, friends of mine who were like, well, I, cause I, I was like, same thing. I was like, well, Lemson looks, it looks great. He's, he's going to be a, he's going to challenge Bobby. He's going to be a better uh, number one keeper. And they're like, well, yeah, but he actually had a, better defense in front of him so he didn't have to look as good as bobby had to look last year yeah, and bobby and to be fair bobby looked great like he he looked like a really good goal goal uh, you know goaltender but he also gave up a lot of goals that were really soft mm-hmm. in, in in you know so the question is 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 lamson actually a better goalkeeper um than bobby or not and so i mean i think that people jumping the conclusion and i I feel to be fair. I was one of the people who was like, yeah, this is, he's an upgrade. And then I looked at some of the underlying numbers and like, Oh, maybe he's not, you know, but at least he gives some competition. I'd have to look at the numbers myself too. But I think if, when I looked at him, when we added him in the draft, his like shot, his goals per 90 minutes were really similar to Bobby over their careers. So that there's a concession to be made there. Um, But at least, you know, we, we have some, you know, parody and competition back there. And I think for the back four that played in front of him for most of the year, a lot of people were um, happier with Bobby's performance than not. But he was he was far from he was far from. Well, perfect, but the back four in front of uh, Lamson was a hell of a lot better. Yes, than absolutely. The back four in front of. Bobby, which like, is probably why Chicago Shuttleworth would have been would have been an amazing goalkeeper. Which is probably why which <laughs> why Chicago was because you have a, you know at least an average uh, goalkeeper playing in front of yeah, a, so, above average back four, and you can you can afford to let him go. For so some. maybe if you're Minnesota United and and if you are uh, someone in the front office listening to this podcast, you would actually invest in your back four, or or not. I don't know. Whatever. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Okay, let's. 
let's keep this podcast in Mo- the realm of moving, reality here. Moving along. Yeah. So what's what's your off season kind of overview, <sighs> top level Man. overview, and then and then give me a letter grade. All right. So <coughs> this team basically did almost nothing in the off season. Um, they flirted with a DP in uh, Benedetti, but based on you know how the team has acted in the past things they've done. I don't really truly believe that they were actually serious about him. Maybe they were. And if they were great, I mean, I'm happy to be wrong about this, Um, but I don't actually think they were because if they really were and they were, because they've been telling us uh, DP in season in, in year two. And I feel like this would have been a perfect opportunity to secure a young DP in year two. Um, They didn't do it. They, they, failed they failed miserably at it so um the biggest probably the biggest offseason addition to this team was i mean it was nobody on the you know on the pitch side it was chris wright who he definitely brought an irrespectability um to the front office he said all the right things throughout the offseason um especially at the supporter summit um he mentioned the cameroonians definitely did not have the time right timeline right, but he got you know eventually got things right. Um, they brought in some MLS veterans, which we were actually clamoring for last year mm. in Mirrors. So great, you brought in Mirrors. That was pretty much about it. And everybody else is an unknown or a long shot. And I just I. Yeah. This team can this team continues to think that but for the first month of the year this was an MLS playoff roster. And maybe it was. I mean, we we fucking San Jose. But it it it, it isn't and it wasn't. And that is super frustrating and they did nothing. They did literally nothing to improve this roster. Literally nothing. Yeah, I I look top to bottom at it, and I'm looking for upgrades. You know, based on what we did get, the the only way you could possibly see an upgrade is if you consider having Mears at right back and then moving Jerry to left back, and considering Jerry at left back an upgrade over the random left back by committee that happened last year. That, I guess I could call that an upgrade. It's and, not exactly a staggering upgrade, and but it's maybe, better. I guess the other upgrade would be like having a competent. Backup goalkeeper and Lampson. If if you're upgrading your backup goal, I mean that's you know. Let's I mean, see, if we're just talking straight starting eleven, that's but that's literally what we did. Yeah, that's what we literally did. So, what what they did. And, my, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, just I'm saying we and and so pretty much every fan of Minnesota United recognizes what happened last year and, and what we did and what we have, and then what we did this off season. And I don't. I, I've not talked to one fan who's like, "Oh yeah, we're this is a total upgrade," mm-hmm. or "This is an upgrade in any way, shape, or form." It's it's basically like, yeah, okay, it's just basically the same team, right? It, it pretty much is. In so the, in the preseason, they ran out the same team, and that's that was my that was my fucking point. Is that is that Adrian Heath? Like they're running out the same fucking eleven that they ran out the end of last year, 
and that team did not do well. And they are going to continue to run up that same fucking team. And cool, maybe, yeah, you are more familiar with everybody because you've been playing together for a while. But, yeah, this team did nothing, literally nothing, to improve itself. This team actually got worse. So I would would give... D minus. D minus is fair. Yeah, you said grades, right? Yeah, Grades, yeah. Yeah, fucking D minus. I'll I'll give him a D, and um, it would be a straight F if it weren't for what I think was an incredibly good draft day. I think they did good business on draft day, and I'll give them the D then for that. But beyond that, um, I don't want to restate everything you said. I'm excited to see Luis Fernando. Uh, I think he comes in at an area of need in the defensive midfield, but we don't know how, how well he's going to turn out. I'm just we're, I'm I mean, hopeful. I'm, we're also talking about like people that are actually in the team fucking right now. Like, yeah. That guy's not even on the team he's right not, now. He's, he's, Simon it, Dawkins is not in the team right now. Simon Dawkins is not. Luis Echo Fernando is, at least is actually signed. Oh, okay. He's Echo not, he's not, not on joined the team yet. right now yet. Yeah. They haven't actually joined. I'm, I'm, I, mostly I'm hopeful. To see to see what uh, Fernando can bring. Beyond that, yeah, not much. So instead of restating what you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with this thought. A lot of people give the A's props in the in baseball. Give the A's props for the money ball thing uh, back in the 2000s. Now, guess how many titles the A's won in the 2000s? Zero. They, they actually lost zero. to the Twins in uh, their one chance they had. I fucking remember it. Series. It was wonderful. So they get a great. Lot, they get a lot of props for that fiscal management. There's, they won no titles. There's a movie called Ar- Moneyball where the Twins beat them. Let me finish that. Arsenal get. Yeah. Arsenal well, gets a ton of credit for being the, the most financially savvy club in the EPL. When was the last time they won the EPL? Before they were financially savvy. T- right. Right. So it, honestly, in sports and in soccer particularly. You can't have it both ways. You truly can't. If you want to win titles, you have to spend money and sometimes pay more for guys than they're worth. And sometimes uh, you have to bank on, on decisions that ultimately don't pan out. And then you got to flip and make the next decision. You got to you got to be willing to play. Merit, Merit, cards Paulson, at the table. Merit Paulson would disagree with you on that. He feels like he's very financially savvy and. He won an MLS title. I, I'm sure I'm sure he does, but I look at the lineup with which they won that. They made some splashes, okay? They, I, and, and if I look if I look at the trying, I, I'm just trying to play if I look at the red and the black, I, I guarantee that he's not gonna retire just on the on the financial savvy of having run a soccer team. You don't run a soccer team because you're looking at profit and loss and saying this is gonna be a cash cow. So either Minnesota United thinks they can play money ball and win, in which case they're mistaken. Or they're playing Moneyball by getting these cheap signings, and they're not really concerned with whether they win. They just want to be on the smart side of the finances. That second one would almost be more disheartening because the team is basically saying, we're going to try to run it smart financially, but we're not concerned. You know, from As a fan, which is what I am, I want to see us win titles. And I don't care if the billionaires are slightly less billionaires because of, you know. So if that's their approach then, is that they just want to be financially savvy and they're less concerned about titles, that's really devastating to me. The problem, so the problem with that argument, and I, I, I get that argument and makes a lot of sense. The problem with that argument is that um, MLS is still a single entity structure. Um, so Minnesota United is not ever going to lose that much money. I mean, they're going to lose as much money as they're willing to put into DPs. So it's true. But even in MLS, look at the teams that have consistent and success. No, 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 no. Let me, look can, at the ones. Can that you, don't. can you let me finish? So 
the 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 moneyball aspect of of doing this in MLS is that is that you bring up um homegrown players and then you sell them out like that's the moneyball aspect is actually not the bringing in of players it's actually the selling of players that you like if you were truly take that moneyball perspective and and put it on MLS it's not actually even it's not going to be bringing players in it's actually going to be pushing players out of your of uh, your academy and the problem is is that MLS has a fucked up system and they recoup about a third of profits on yeah. players and that so are it's, sold it's internationally a up, it's a yeah. fucked up system there's where, not that much money to be made yeah so i mean that's so it's not about necessarily about Moneyball. Ignore or not. the word I mean, Moneyball and say financially sad. Minnesota United is not playing. Minnesota and, and let's be fair. Minnesota United is not playing Moneyball here. They're just being really fucking stingy, right. and they are. They fucking are. And you can't do it both. You can't. You can't expect to win titles. because no, you're just savvier with yeah, your dime. Absolutely, like, you cannot. Like and and Minnesota, and this team is not. I mean, if they are trying to pretend that they are poor, this this ownership group. It's fucking not poor. This ownership group could afford to buy three DPs right fucking now. Right fucking now. They just refuse to. So, anyway. Hey, what's your uh, predicted lineup and uh, tactics look like for this yeah. year? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, well, I mean, it's it's Heath, so he's going to play a 4-2-3-1. Obviously, because that is the... I listened to, so I listened to the Everything Soccer podcast today mm-hmm. with uh, Callum Williams and uh, Steve McPherson, and I like Steve McPherson. And I like Callum Williams a bunch, <laughs> uh, but God damn it, it's so bad. It's not as good as this podcast. Definitely not as good as this podcast. Um, apparently, so- Callum, apparently Callum Williams thinks the four two three one is the greatest formation in soccer history he likes to make a big statement he does he does he does um it unlocks things that other soccer fans do not realize according to callum i wish i wish i could see what he sees yeah but i can't because i'm me yeah i'm just i'm just i'm just low like lowly old me in my uh ivory coast uh, jersey uh yeah <laughs> Apparently, it unlocks a bunch of stuff. It's it's the hardest formation to play. We made it also, look hard last year. Also, according to Kellen Williams and Adrian Heath, apparently. I don't know. He got that from Adrian Heath. It's the hardest formation to play. And it's hard for, hardest formation to understand. Also, oh, I, lo- I love that. The biggest problem from Kelly Williams is that I don't understand anything I'm seeing. That's one of my biggest challenges. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's going to be a four-two-three-one this year, right? Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. I, I, you, you've seen it. I've seen it. Adrian Heath desperately jumps into like a three-five-two or a five-three-two. That that was a lot due to injury and outage, like international outage but last you, year when he did that. But here's the thing. They have a lot more fucking midfielders than they have defenders. So why should this team 
be playing a three-five-two the entire fucking time. If you, if you have if you have wingers who can reasonably track back on defense, then I'm all about it, right? I think Jerry as a wing. We back do. Would we be have really Barra, and we have Tieson as wingers who could track back. And and in that formation, that's what I had recommended. So yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. I still think in reality it's going to be a four-two-three-one. I see a back line similar to what we saw. You know, for instance, against Columbus, Jerry Calvo. Boxall slash Coleman, depending on the mood of the day, and Mears at the right back. That's that that two that center back pairing is going to be Ibsen and whoever is the D mid du jour. You know, we'll see what Luis Fernando ends up looking like. Uh, an attacking midfield three of Nicholson. I don't know why he specifically prefers Nicholson over Ibarra, but you know whatever. Uh, he'll play Molino in the center until we're all dead, uh, and then Ethan Finley on the right. And then it's going to – although people are worried about Christian or Dunlady, who's going to start on opening day and stuff, in truth, I think both those dudes are going to see heavy rotation this year, no matter who starts, quote-unquote. I wouldn't call one a starter or the other. I think they rotate really frequently. That's what yeah. I'll see. But what would you like to see? I'd like to see Christian, to be honest with you. I th- I th- I, no, I, no, je- no, not just at, at the – not just that, but you mean, a yeah. j- what do I want to see positionally? What would you like stuff? to see positionally? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, we all know what Keith is going to fucking do. What do we, what do we, what would we like him to do? So, maybe, because maybe, maybe someone listens to this podcast and like, <laughs> has a, maybe Harrison Heath listens to this fucking podcast. He's, and he's young like, enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Harrison Heath, you are a shit football player. You should stop playing football. But tell your dad about this podcast. Right, pass it on. Yeah. The, so well, if I had well, to pick what I wanted, what do you want him to do? One of two things. It would be a three-five-two uh, that plays a little bit more narrowly. Um, it's got to be two wingbacks who can seriously drop back and play defense. Um, I think that shores up a lot of holes for us. I've already covered that on this pod. I don't need to go too much deeper. So Bar and Finley. Um, Finley probably yes. The other option would be if you can get say say you move Jerry back to the right. You have Ibarra playing wing back on the left, and you have Jerry playing wing back on the right. Okay, um, that's, so that's, that's a, intriguing. And, the, and, the, and then you can keep Finley. You can push Finley a little bit more centrally. All right. All right. Um, so I think if we did a three five two, that's what it looked like for me. Now, the other thing that we haven't talked about, but we talked about last year, was kind of like a four one four one. Um, we don't have a number ten. This reduces the need for a specific number ten. I think it pushes Ibsen in a more advanced role, which is something I think he can excel in. Um, I think it allows Molino to be, for instance, a little bit out further to the right than having to play specifically centrally, which I think he performed stronger last year on the right than in the center. Yep. And Finley still gets to be out right. Your left wing, DeJure, gets to be out left. And he's still got one striker. So We need a sixth, though. Is, is Fernando the sixth? <laughs> When he gets here, maybe sure. <laughs> It'd be Fernando Cronin or whoever the D mid is. Yeah, but that, that's I, I, the I, I don't think. I, yeah, honestly, like I love Sam Cronin. <laughs> I don't think Sam Cronin is long for this footballing world. Um, Fernando, like if 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 it's four one four one with uh, Fernando as like a as a a crunching midfielder. All right, I'm in, I'm into that. I'm into that. I think we that that could be a thing that we could do. John, what do you have? What What are your thoughts on, uh, on gen, like the lineup generally, the lineup for the future, all that? Yeah, I think um, we'll be long dead before the four two three one goes away. Uh, so long as Adrian Heath is the head coach, um, 
I just wish we had the players uh, to really make that formation sing. Um, which we as don't. As difficult which is, as it is to understand. It's weird. Right? We, we don't have the players. I like the idea of the four-one-four-one, and I think like a you could you could make like a four-three-three um, work in that. However, you line them up, you st- you still gotta have two guys. You still gotta have Fernando or whoever Cronin or whoever is gonna be your just beast of a number six. Um, anchor the midfield and you've got two guys you know in front of him in the middle that are pushing the ball forward and out wide um we just i mean ibsen and schuler aren't tony cruz and luka modric like that that make real madrid so good in a 4-3-3 or a 4-1-4-1 however you want to draw that lineup up so um i mean could i would love to see that but i'd love to see i'd love to see someone else besides schuler also next to um, Ibsen in the middle of the field, like Ibarra or Finley, just because we've got so many attacking-minded wingers that could push the ball forward, and <laughs> they play all over the place with a ton of freedom formation-wise anyways. You know, what is it? Why not try one of those guys or more of those guys more often in the midfield in order to in, – in the central midfield that have, a you know, some sort of a defensive presence that would be able to, um, you know, provide that extra pace. And, yeah. So uh, when the Daves uh, played their uh, uh, soccer matches, which Dave Barton um, managed to fuck up uh, royally, uh, we played. We actually had a formation one time that was uh, just all left wingers. <laughs> so at the time we were losing by four goals, we were like, "Look, let's just do the United formation." So everybody just moved up on the left side. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So there's so you know there's. Any formation is really like in in play, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, it just really depends on uh, on what you're willing. What Give you're the willing. personnel to do what you what <laughs> to play to their strengths, and you know, and play with each other. And they yeah, just, they don't do it that great. There's a huge, huge disconnect between the back four and and the front. You know, however many you were gonna throw up there, and typically it's the central mid that you know that that fills that gap and, and makes the connection. And we just don't have that right now. Zeller, are you ready to move into predictions? Sure. Let's do it. So I, I want to hear I want to hear points in place first, then I'll give you my points in place. Um thirty seven points, eleventh place. So I've got eleventh place as well, which for those keeping track puts you at second to last in the Western Conference. Um I've got thirty three points, though so I've got somehow us having less points than last year and four fewer points than you do. Um, John, you care to make a, I, I know we didn't ask you to put down predictions, but you want to make a off the cuff prediction here on points and place here. I'd like to think they can beat their points from last year, but, uh, we didn't make any additions that make me feel like that's going to happen mm-hmm. unless a couple, unless, uh, someone we drafted or, um, Fernando or, or, um, uh, one of the Cameroonians or both end up surprising us. I mean, we're going to need growth from within in order to improve on our point total last year, or at least improve as a team and how we look. Mm-hmm. Um, that even still might not get us better than where we finished last year too, which is like ninth or 10th. Right. So, right. Not too far away. from what Nin- Ninth last year. Ninth. Yeah. So uh, Zeller, I'll call it out to you. Who is for you, your biggest player surprise this year? Um, well, I think we know this team, so I think the biggest surprise is that isn't actually someone who's on the roster currently, because I think our biggest surprise last year was either Sam Cronin or Ethan Finley coming in mm-hmm. and like doing what their shit was. 
Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if, it, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of the rookies steps up. Umsberg, uh, Mason Toy, um, or Fernando, or possibly a DP who's brought in during the summer window. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to surprise me in terms of the current roster. The, the, the biggest surprise for me will be Coleman because, again, he's getting short shrifted. He's undervalued, and he's probably the best, like one of the best central defenders on the roster. And yet he hasn't seen, he's seen like 40 minutes in preseason, which is fucking bullshit. But that's well, just me. I and, I, I, and I love Brent Coleman. Brent Coleman, I love you. I don't, the, you know, Brent, Brent is not like an MLS elite center back, but I don't, I don't see why we're so addicted to box all. That's my thing. If there's going to be a big surprise this year, though, I'm going to stick in the central defense. I'll double down on Wyatt Omsberg. Um, I think that there's going to be some heavy rotation in the center of the defense for a lot of reasons this year, not the least of which is the amount of talent that we don't have in that position. So I think he's going to get time. He's a tall dude. Uh, I think he can be key on set pieces if he if he can get that piece of his game down. I thought he looked good in limited preseason time. So um, I think he could be a guy that gets at least heavy rotation and depending on what happens, play his way into the starting lineup on a consistent basis. Brian Coleman has some thoughts for you. Well, you know, when we push Calvo up to that number six that we suddenly don't have anybody fill that, and then we've got Omsberg and Coleman playing the center back. That's fine. Yeah. <coughs> I have a but cold and I'm going to die here. Brent Coleman does have some thoughts for you. So, just saying. Oh, he, he knows where he can find me. So what Does what he? Does does he? Most people do. Brent, so, if you if you need to know, you need to find out where to uh, find David Martin, um, message me at Texas Zeller. He knows where to find me. Yeah. Uh, who's your biggest player disappointment this year? You know what? It's, it's Ramirez. And this is really... Feel really bad about saying this, um, but it's not because of his own personal play. It's because this team is not set up to play to Christian Ramirez at all. Um, he doesn't take penalties, so he's not going to get the goals that Molino's going to get. Mm-hmm. Fucking Kevin Molino. Um, there's no connection between him and the midfield and the defense. So, I mean, Ramirez, I think, is going to is gonna struggle this year. And he's going to get, like, seven or eight goals, which, are, which is, will be great. Like, they'll be awesome goals. But people are going to be like, oh, yeah, Christian Ramirez. Fuck that guy. That guy is not great at playing soccer. And he the won't prob- deserve that necessarily. Yeah, and the problem is, is that, yeah, he doesn't deserve that because he's great at playing soccer. It's just he doesn't have the service. He, and to be fair, like he really hasn't had that service for the last like three years. Like Christian Mears makes his own shit, and I just feel like with the way that this team is structured right now, he's just he's not going to get the service that he needs to be a top class uh, striker. So he's going to get like seven or eight goals, yeah, which is going to be good. It'll probably lead the team, honestly, but. Um, Everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, Christian Ramirez, that guy was not worth a U.S. men's national team call-up, which is also right. bullshit. But 
Yeah, I, so. I, I see the same thing. It looks like he's going to have to be competing with Dunlady for time this year. Um, perhaps if they're trying to blood Mason Toya, there's going to be more minutes that get even more narrowly distributed. Um, I also see him having less success because, of, you know, he does not he's not going to have the decent service there. Now, he's a guy, and I've complained about this before, Christian Ramirez, if the game isn't coming to him, he doesn't find the game. Um, and so if we give the kind of service that I'm anticipating we're going to give him, I think that's going to be a problem. I, I think that he's he's not going to make something out of nothing. It's not really his style. So he could have a year where he regresses toward uh, the mean, and, and that would be too bad because um, I really like him, and he's had a ton of success no matter what's been behind him so far. But he'll be my disappointment. <laughs> so I'll give you the last one here. What is the weirdest thing that will happen this year? Just random prediction off the wall. doesn't even have to make any sense. Um, Mr. United does not sign a DP, but does make an open run cup. That is a weird prediction. An open cup run. Yeah. Okay. An open run cup. An open run cup. Yeah, an open <laughs> cup run. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. I actually have, um, I actually have that as the weirdest thing that's going to happen. It's not really that weird. It's just my random off the wall prediction. We will sign a DP in the summer window and that player will absolutely bottom out. At what point do you think Minnesota United will sign a designated player in the summer summer transfer window? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I think we'll sign one in the summer window, and I think that player will entirely bottom out and have been wasted waste of money. His name will he'll have a he'll have a thick so the, mustache. So they're, br- so they're bringing Shmati over Jordan Henderson. Oh. Yeah, they're going to bring in Jordy Henderson. Yeah, yeah. Here, Jordan Henderson? Okay. Jordan Henderson would perform here, though. In MLS, no, he, he would. Jordan Henderson would be a I'd sign it all lifeblood day. into the Minnesota United midfield. Yes, he would be He would be the destroyer. He'd, he'd be the sex. We're we starting need. the rumor. Transfer uh, starts Jordan Henderson, come on over to Minnesota United FC. Let's uh, be, be a six. Be a fucking awesome six. You can blow people's shit up. That's <laughs> All the time. Let's close this thing up with some questions. We actually got a ton of questions, which is pretty so cool. Not many, all of them are serious. So many think. fucking questions. But I'll ask a question. I'll pitch it to you, John, for the ones that you can get in on. Yeah, uh, jo- John, please jump in on the questions. Yeah, so here's a serious question. This comes from Bridget McDowell, McDowell who is actually a Dave's I Know website contributor. And I'm going to go use the I'll be back. <laughs> Thanks for the announcement. John, tell me, uh, will the sod uh, along the touch lines at Allianz Field have to be replaced frequently due to heavy wing formations? If uh, Heath is still our coach next year, then I would say, yeah, absolutely. Because um, that's. But a lot of those guys cut in too, right? So. But then you got Thiessen and uh, Mears or uh, Manley or whoever's <laughs> going to be our right back in the future um, will be. Will be uh, treading those uh sidelines whenever uh, the wingers aren't so yeah but i mean with this team you got to play with width that's always going to happen no matter what uh good teams find a way to do that yeah. my 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 prediction bridget is that the concrete paths that lead out of the stadium will be heavily trodden and will need to be replaced okay. often now here's a question because the pitch is going to be elevated like a like a foot or two. How many people are ju- how many how many of our wingers are going to bomb off the up off of that you know couple feet and then like break an arm or a leg and you know because we we don't have that right now at the field it's just flat. How many are going to fall off of that elevated pitch and then hurt themselves? 
Look, I, I went and watched Kansas City when they played at Community America Ballpark, which is across the street from where their new stadium is now, but it's a it's a minor league baseball park. And um, the pitcher's mound, they didn't, like, dismantle the pitcher's mound for games. It would be, like, literally five feet off of the touchline. So if you were running after a ball and you overran the touchline, you would, like, trip over a pitcher's mound. And I didn't see any broken arms or anything. So I think these guys are going to be fine. That's my prediction. Hey, Dan Scarab asks us, How's the TIFO going? Uh, it's oh, fine. Oh, hey, uh, did you guys know that I'm going to be uh, at an event on Friday? Yeah. The only way that we'll know is if the next 35 minutes of my life are consumed with you talking about it. Yeah. Uh, at 7 o'clock at New Bohemia, um, E. Pluribus Lunum is putting it on. Um, you guys can come listen to me uh at Junord, who is on this podcast, by the way, uh, at Jeff Reuter, who apparently keeps saying he's going to be on this podcast, but he refuses to be on this podcast for some reason, um, and a bunch of other people. We can talk about the Minnesota United. So good. Um, how about that? Uh, how about that TIFO? How about that TIFO? So I've been the TIFO's fine. We're on we're on schedule to deliver it. Um, I've spent three to five hours every single day uh, for the last three weeks building the thing. I'm really exhausted. I hope it comes off on game day because if it doesn't, I will be very, very upset. And so will my wife, who pretty much is drawing up divorce papers right now because I never see her anymore due to TIFO. So thanks, Dan. That's fair. Your wife, she know, for being a mostly widow, she's pretty cool right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. She's, I ha- pre- she's pretty happy for someone ha- who never sees with, her husband. I hung out with your wife tonight, and uh, <laughs> she seemed okay. She's a trooper for sure. Yeah. She's she, got her Doctor Who. She's fine. She seemed okay. Yeah, you can watch Doctor. I'll, I'll come out and watch Doctor Who with your wife. Yeah, is that what they're calling it nowadays? Yep. Um. So Dan, I mean, Scarab, I mean, I'm you know like plowing your wife, but yeah. Doctor. They used to call it plowing. Doc, now they Doc, call it Doctor Who and yeah, Doc McStuffins. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's like Doctor Who and Who Who in. I feel it's, like it's, this joke it's, is going. It's nowhere. an E N like like penin like. God, this I'm is a good joke. In. God, Anyways. this is good. Uh, Continue. Uh, who uh, Dan Scarup also <laughs> asks, uh, who has impressed you most this, uh, so far this off season? So look look at the uh, look at the preseason. Who's impressed us the most? That's the answer from Minnesota. I would say I I don't know Lampson just because he stopped so many shots against <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you a. That's actually good. I'll give That's you a. a I'll answer. give you a not in, a not a good impression. Um, didn't Colorado say after their like second CCL, uh, leg with um, uh, at, Toronto. I mean, they're, they're Toronto. They were gonna lose at anyways, right? But they pretty much said, yeah, this has been a preseason exercise for us. That impressed me in a in a very bad way for Colorado. <laughs> Made an impression on you, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be much better. I mean, that that tells me that they're not very serious about about this team for this season either. If they're not being serious about you know something like that, but maybe they were looking at the writing on the wall and said, let's just see what we got for the for the regular season. That's pretty sad. So, Dan asks, uh, I'm gonna I'm giving Dan one more question. Dan, you can't usurp the whole podcast. Um, who's going to be the starter, Ramirez or Dunlady? Ramirez. Ramirez? Yeah. Okay. Yep. John, you have an opinion about Probably that? Probably Ramirez. Um, I, I think that will be uh, an irrelevant uh, answer by the end of the year. I think it's going to be a pretty um, even mix. 
Yeah, I wouldn't get thrown off so much by who starts on opening day. I think they're going to get heavy rotation, and I'm not going to uh, call one the starter or the other until one starts to hit, hit a good run of form. And I mean, they... but if but if if Heath is playing a four two three one, which we all know that's his fucking he'll do it. Yeah, his favored formation. And and I listened to the Everything Soccer podcast uh, from Minnesota United today, and. Steve McPherson talked to Callum Williams about and he's like they keep just kept talking about the fucking four two three one, so it's definitely the formation that Heath wants to play and he will play till he fucking dies unless he actually has to play something else. Um, there's a lone striker. It's Ramirez. Period. Okay. Exclamation point. <laughs> Comma. So, fuck you. Thank you. So, next question. You, you get to attend one more match the rest of your life. Where is it? Who plays? What's your drink of choice? And are you alone or are you with someone else? Wait, who asked this question? I don't know. I didn't type it in there. I should have done that. <laughs> so, I, guess I, I can only attend one match? For the rest of your life. Like, can I attend this one match continuously? So, like, can I can I p- make a derby? Is, is it a derby or is it no, just no, one match? No, just one single event. One two-hour match. All right. Well, for me, it's... Oh, fuck. For me, for me, it'd probably be Liverpool at Anfield, and I, I'd be mostly agnostic about who the opponent was. Um, but I, I think it would have to be that. Wouldn't you want to see uh, who's their Merseyside uh, derby? Wouldn't you want to see that at uh, Anfield? Is it people who? I, so, so here's the thing. Like, Everton. I, I, yes, yes, Everton. I don't really feel a, a personal rivalry with Everton. I get that folks do there. But that is so geographically distant yeah. from me, and at least in my time of fandom, there's never been a meaningful like rivalry in the table between those two clubs where it's mattered. I don't personally feel the rivalry with Ever- Everton the same way that that people who grew up there do, for instance. That's fair. So I I, ha- I have the answer. It is uh, Liverpool versus Manchester City at Wembley. Champions League final. Liverpool wins. I'm with my wife. I am drinking <coughs> harp. And that's it. Whether oh. Liverpool wins or not doesn't matter because I love my wife. But generally, Man City is her team. Liverpool wins in this scenario. So that would be a. Pretty amazing instance. Yeah, I'd be down with that. John, John, do you have an answer for this? Who's who's your team? What's the circumstance? Can I take an easy way out and say like the UEFA Champions League final or something like that, or do I have sure. to name teams? Yeah. So, but I think next you year have to pick would, a team. You have to pick a team. Okay, man. I think next. So I think it's not going to happen this year because he just had surgery on his foot. Um, Neymar is having surgery, so it'll ha- it'll have to happen next year, assuming he stays with Paris Saint Germain. I'd love to see them. <laughs> Against uh, Barcelona in the UEFA Champions League final. Oh, yeah, I know. Against his old team that he's trying to uh, grow out of, you know, the sh- some some sort of sh- shadow that none of us can see. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't have wives like you guys, so I'd probably take my sister. Um, we went to as many MNUFC games before she got a job in California, and that would be a great uh, 
opportunity uh, for us to continue watching and man that's gonna be overseas so i don't really know uh some sort of uh german beer that i'm amazed by i've never had before um i'd have to go with that as my scenario your idea is better actually it's liverpool beating man city in the champions league final in <laughs> kiev this year i mean that would be incredible and my I wife don't think me and my wife are there and i'm drink. i'm just drinking whatever uh ukrainian beer is available U- ukrainian toilet hooch <laughs> listen if that's the podcast if name. uh <laughs> that is ukrainian, yes ukrainian toilet hooch is definitely the podcast now. um oh man fuck if Liverpool plays Manchester City in the We've Champions League final, we spent 18 minutes on this question. By the way, I'm definitely gonna figure it out. Try to figure out a way to go to Ukraine to watch the final. <laughs> Fuck, that would be pretty amazing. Oh my god! Hey, I got a question oh. for you that's a little easier to answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, Continue. Ca- Carl Arthur Bates asks us um, on the pod: Would you guys remind us to of the proper way to enjoy a rum hams? Does the rum go into the hams, or does the hams go into the rum? What is the proper glassware? What temperature should it be served at? Should it be spiced or white rum? He wants to properly enjoy as he listens along. Okay. Carl Arthur Bates. Um, Sounds like he's trying too yes. hard. No, you are definitely trying too hard. The correct answer is you, you pour yourself a glass of delicious, delicious hams into a glass, right? Uh, and then into a you, glass, into a glass. I've yes. been pouring it into a hat this whole time. <laughs> no, no, yeah, definitely into a glass. And then, and then you take you take the the cheapest rum that you possibly have in your in your world. Like, definitely don't do like white rum or black rum or any. Like, just take the the cheapest, like the Phillips version of whatever you have for rum. Phillips being the cheapest version in Minnesota. Take the cheapest rum that you can possibly find. You pour a shot of that, right? And then you pour it into the glass, the 60-ounce uh, glass of hams that you have. And that gives you a rum hams. You pour one shot of awful rum. Into one a shot pint of, of hams. awful rum into one shot of awful, or into one uh, pint six, of hams. Yeah, pint of terrible hams. And, and that you gives drink. you a rum hams. And that is the, the best version you, of a rum hams. Carl, I'm sorry. You've tried way too hard here. Uh, the proper glassware, I suppose, is like a dirty glass. I don't know. No, proper glassware is is you no. Know, it's a, it's a clean pint. It's a clean shot glass, and that's it. That's all. all right. you, that's glassware is all you need. Is this a beer that's enjoyed like over many sips, or is this uh, like a drop it in like a root beer barrel and just no 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 you John you you pour it into the the hams. But now and you enjoy it. Is the larger pint now? Do you just drink? Oh it? no no no! You you don't you don't just you don't just drink it. You have to you, enjoy it. Okay. You enjoy it. You enjoy You've it. Got to si- savor the taste sip, of sip by sip. It's it basically doesn't alter the hams. Uh, it just it makes it a little more alcoholic. It takes basically booze, it tastes boozier. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a very. It's not good. No, it's it's delicious. Well, it's not fuck, good. Fuck you. It's, it's, good it's, it's absolutely delicious. It's very delicious. So, so uh, Eric Trigstad asks us, uh, with all the recent international signings, are any actually starter-worthy, or are they more developmental athlete types? Um, I think if we got Simon Dawkins, I think they intend him to be a starter. 
Fernan- um, Fernando Fernando's at a six. Fernando is intended if, to be if a he, starter. If he actually comes through. Yes. Uh, he, he's intended to be a starter for sure. Um, beyond that, I don't see any international uh, additional international roles that are intended to be starters. Yeah, no. We don't have that many other starters, period, domestic yeah. or international, so I don't know. That was a dumb question because uh, Adrian Heath and Eric, you're dumb. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. No, continue to do so, but also yeah. you're dumb. Uh, so Miller Tallboy, who always has a question, Max. Oh, Max. Uh, Max love asks. Love you, Max. When, when do we see MNUSC make the CONCACAF Champions League tournament? Make the tournament? That's what he's asked. Can so, they make the playoffs first? I mean, it's going to be like four or five years. But here's the thing: at, if they at make this point, at this rate, have you? Do you know what the actual like making like Concacaf Champions League? Uh, it's like MLS winner, supporters are. shield, yeah, okay. and then there's a couple other I think playoff spots, right? US yeah. Open Cup gets you in there. US yeah. If, if if you're looking to luck into the Concacaf Champions League, US Open Cup is your surest bet, and even a shitty team like United can luck into it one season. Yeah, Co- Colorado played in it this year. Yeah. So, yeah, can we remember? <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> FC Dallas and Colorado both have featured in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League, so it can be done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say 2023. 2020. No, sorry, take it back. 2024. Uh, 2025 is, I don't know. We're no. guessing random numbers. John? No, that's what about what I said. Okay. Cool. All right, so next question, um, we're going on to Luke Craig, who's also a, a contributor to the Dave's I Know website. Uh, he gives you a fuck, Mary Keel. All right, so give it to me. Fuck, Mary Keel. One, the new kits. Two, playing three games in seven days between May 5th and 12th. Or three, uh, not playing any home games between August 4th and September 12th. Fuck, Mary Keel, those items. All right, the correct answers are for this. <clears throat> I'm going to fuck the new kits. I'm going to marry not playing any games between August 4th and September 12th. I'm going to kill playing three home games in seven days. So here, here's what I'm going to go. New kits, I'm going to marry because I'm not crazy about the new kits, but they're like reliable. They're not sexy. You know, they're not flashy, but there's somebody I could come home to at the at the end of the night each night. I don't hate them. They're consistent for me. Not playing, uh, I'm sorry, playing three games in seven days. I'm going to fuck that. I'm going to have sex with that. Because you know what? If you're going to have that kind of match congestion, why don't you just have a party about it? Go crazy, you know? Uh, now, not playing any home games for almost a month and a half, that is unacceptable to me. Kill, kill, kill. Nice question, Luke. Right. John, do you, do, you have a, do you have any thoughts on, on this? Um, yeah, kill the kill the no home games for almost a for a month if not more thank that, you that sucks fucking thank you it's I, I can't wait for us to play in our own stadium um so fuck that shit or no kill that shit kill that shit fuck it too. kill fucking that kill fucking shit <laughs> fucking kill that um, shit yeah i'll um so kill kill the home games fuck the Three games in seven days. That sucks too, but it can be done. Come on. Um, and I don't know. Marry uh, the kids. Marry the kids, but I don't know. It's not going to be a long marriage. 
gonna be gone in two years anyways right <laughs> that's a good that's a good metaphor man I like that. Oh, all right jason Bourne asks so uh, why does heath hate no. ibarra what does Heath? yes hate he's, he's, he's mistyped his question <laughs> yes what does he heath hate ibarra I don't. I, I, I don't know. You just. We solved this actually on a previous podcast <laughs> that actually that, um, that uh, Miguel Ibarra. No, I'm sorry. No. Um, Adrian uh, Heath has video or photographic evidence of Miguel Ibarra having fierce a sexual encounter with yes, Mrs. Heath. Yes, a very egregious and aggressive yes. sexual encounter. Yes, with Adrian Heath's wife. Um, that Which Adrian could... Heath taped for some reason <laughs> because. He's a weirdo. I don't know. I don't. I don't really get it. I I think we've jumped the shark here. On this yeah, movie. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that Brian Coleman had actually taped it. So like, oh, he, he's he's involved. Oh, Brian you know? Coleman, but no, or Brent Coleman. Why not Brian? But no, 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 <laughs> Brian no. Coleman also. No, 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, no. Adrian Heath taped Brian Coleman taping <laughs> the sexual experience, wherein uh, Miguel Ibarra. Um, did very aggressive things to Adrian to Heath's Mrs. wife. Heath. Yeah, yeah. To Mrs. Heath, which she got the old four two three one. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, that's tougher to understand as it is, right? Let yeah. alone with this uh, dangerous triangle. So, so yeah, so so yeah, Jason. Sorry, um, Adrian Heath has that tape. And the, I guess this tape's not getting out anytime soon. Yeah. So too bad. Yeah. We've, got, we've got another choice question here. Real Greg X. I think the X stands for XFL. That's Greg Smith. I know who it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> asks, um, what what is there going to be more of this year? Ramirez goals, loons wins, or average number of rum hams consumed per podcast? <laughs> I love that our listeners know us so well. So. What number is higher of those three things? I mean, it's definitely it's definitely not rum hands consumed per podcast because you would die. We're all drinking Surleys <laughs> yeah. here as of right now, so. And I mean, I'm an asshole, but I'm not that much of an asshole. I'm only going to drink like two rum hands per podcast, so definitely like this would be a bad podcast. I really hope. Well, it would be really bad. Uh, Minnesota United season if they only had two fucking wins the entire time. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, def- I'm definitely going to have, like, I mean, I'm amping up now. It's, like, at least, you know, seven or eight rum hams per, <laughs> per podcast. Um, the, the, question, the, the question here is between Ramirez goals and Loon's wins, and I think, actually, Loon's wins is the higher number. I have the identical opinion. Because I, I think Ramirez's goals are going down. Uh, I mean, Rumham's might get up and might get close to that because of the the aforementioned uh, Minnesota United season. But, yeah, I think Minnesota's going to win more games than Ramirez is going to score goals, which is a really fucking terrible thing to say. I still think Ramirez will end up with double-digit goals, but I also think that Kevin Molino is not going to be on the field nearly as often as he was last year. It just doesn't look like he's very interested. He may not even finish out the year with the team. Um, if he continue now, if he you know flips the switch and turns into the player that he's supposed to be, then it'll then it'll then he'll take those uh, P 
PK opportunities away from Christian. All let's right. R- let's wrap up these these final questions. Most of these final questions are like not serious questions, so let's please not debate them for 15 minutes. Um, how th- this one's a serious one though. It looks like Dan Scarup, uh, who has 15 questions, asks, uh, <laughs> "How many weeks before MNUFC gets their first win of the season?" Um, I need to actually pull up Minnesota United's. I, you can just guess. You don't need to. No, I want to actually have a. Okay. I'm 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 guessing. What it, do you when do you think? I, I'm guessing it'll take us three or four games. Three or I'm four. Say, games. I'm saying that not looking ahead at the schedule right now. It's, so they, so they they have San Jose away, Orlando City away, Chicago at home, Red Bulls away, Atlanta United away or at home. Sorry, away. Fucking Google is like terrible at how they. Do. Or sorry, no. Yeah. So San Jose away, Orlando City away, United home, Red Bulls away, Atlanta United away, or sorry, at home, and then uh, Timbers away. It sounds awful, but none of that sounds winnable. <laughs> really? None of that sounds winnable. If we can't beat one of those first three teams, that's Chicago in on um, uh, St. Patrick's Day on the seventeenth. Man, it's unless we steal one, it's tough to see a win until we start getting into the end Houston. of April, yeah. early so it's, May. It's, so after Houston, that, Vancouver, so after that, it's, it's Sounders away. Portland, Atlanta, Houston at home. Our first Vancouver win is Vancouver away. Houston. Our first win is going to be Houston at home on uh, April twenty eighth. <laughs> it's about how long it took last year too. Uh, it's gonna be bad. Fucking. All right, let's uh, let's move on from that depressing question. Um, Eric Gibbs asks about our podcast. Hold on, I didn't say what I my thoughts were on that. Okay, what are your thoughts? Fuck you, asshole. I think we beat Orlando City in Orlando City. I think so we, a couple weeks in. Yeah, we get we get again we get we get the win two weeks in. Okay. Right. Well, I so, hope that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> will these takes be hot? Eric Gibbs asks of our podcast. They, they were all very hot. Yeah, it's a weird question to ask after the podcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Eric. Yeah. Should have known how to ask that question somehow. Um, Mike Morris asks, um, "Who does Minnesota beat in the championship match this year?" My my only response was that yes, I do believe Minnesota will be relegated to the championship this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, that's, that's we're it. not going to the championship. Uh, Fists of the North Star asks, best Aerosmith album: Honkin' on Bobo, Honkin' on Bobo, or Honkin' on Bobo. Can I just say that I think. Aerosmith's Honkin' on Bobo album is actually underrated. I mean, it's not traditional Can, blues by any are, means, are, but are I think, you actually going to argue that, or is, is are you just? It's I, I I think the album's okay for what it is. It's not their best album, but it's fine. I mean, Aerosmith's best best album is Rocks. <sighs> it's their fourth fourth studio album. It's got tunes like Back in the Saddle. Their best studio album is Rocks. I see 100% disagree with that. Okay. They're You more of a pump guy? Nope. I'm a more of a get a grip guy. 
Get a Grip? Okay. Yeah. Get a Grip is probably the best Aerosmith album. John, what is your favorite Aerosmith album? Go. I grew up listening to the Beatles at home, so I don't have an opinion. I'm sorry. No. No. Make a decision. I'm not that familiar. 40 Licks. I don't know. I'm not that familiar. Get a Grip is your best. Is, is, is the best album. Go. Say Just say, just say Get a Grip. What he said. Get a Grip. Nin- just 1993. Literally, ju- literally, just say "Get a Grip." Get a Grip was the album that unveiled Alicia Silverstone to the masses back in the 90s because there was two mm-hmm. music videos she is from a, that she's album. A gorgeous that lady, each featured her, who deserves yeah. all of the credit. Yeah. for that that album for being, beautiful, being yeah. one of the greatest rock <laughs> albums of all time. <laughs> hey, listen to one of the non-singles from that album. That is a mixed quality shit, man. <laughs> the hits are fine, but man, after that, they get a little weird. You know what? Doesn't matter. Okay. All right. All, all that matters is the hits. I just stood up for honking on Bobo. You gotta- I know that was that was supposed to be a silly question. We just got into Aerosmith discography deep. You got you, you gotta do the hits, brother. All right. You gotta do the hits. Um, uh, nuts VT Joey Loon pockets. I don't know what any of that means. Asks. Um, how do you not like Prince after that beautifully this is, this is directed to you? I clearly it is. How do I not like Prince after that beautiful snippet you and Dave Zeller treated us to during the intro of your Western Conference preview pod? Damn, that was sexy. I suspect that all of your listeners, both male and female, are now pregnant. I think good question. My so two two thoughts. First of all, why do you hate Prince? Let me say this first. Clearly, we need to continue the musical interludes during John, the podcast. John, do you know that he hates Prince? He's like he literally hates Prince. We've uh, this has been brought up before, but I haven't heard um, this. I don't know. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Please tell him why he's wrong about hating Prince. Well, I do you. I, do you also hate Prince? Do no, we need, I like I like. Do we Prince. need to start a separate podcast? Like, I like Prince, but the most okay, popular like music style like in the Prince United podcast. States. The most popular music in the United States is country, and I think that is hot garbage. So, Prince probably isn't for everyone. Tell him. Tell me why you're not a Prince. Uh, tell me why you're not everyone. Boom! Roasted. You uh, like I hot roasted? garbage music. I don't think that was the point he was trying to make. I I think you completely missed his point. <laughs> I don't think you understood what he said at all. Um, I I get Prince. I like the idea of Prince. Um, I I like the the. Uh, that's all I can say is I I get and like the idea of Prince, but I just have never heard a Prince song that I liked. I've never heard a Prince song that I've liked. That's it. It's it's absolutely a subjective music thing. If I ran into Prince in the street, you know, Fucking if he weren't you. dead, you know, um, I'd be like, hey, Prince, you want to hang out or whatever? Hey, you want to shoot some hoops? I but hate you so much. It's the music. I wish the music were better. That's the key. I hate you so much. I understand. Hey, in your hatred, why don't you tell the folks where they can find us? All right. Um, you can find us at all of the general internets. Internets things. All right. Um, Thanks, David. <laughs> no, no. Settle down. Keep doing it. Get there. Yeah. Uh, com is where we do our soccer stuff. That Actually, we'll be doing more soccer stuff there recently, you know, relatively soon. Um, the uh, MLS previews are coming back this week, I think, if I can get them done. You should do in that. In time. That's a thing on my calendar. Uh, Texas Zeller for me, uh, 
at offensive underscore loons for Martin and tell him why he is fucking stupid on Prince. Because he is terrible on Prince. That's, that's fair. Just really fucking bad ideas. Um, you can also find us. <clears throat> well, you can find me at uh, the New Bohemia on Friday. <laughs> Uh, where I'll be doing, I'll be part of a media wrong, uh, long table, long ra- table. round table, which is actually a perpendicular table because it's at New Bohemia and they don't actually have round tables. So they have perpendicular tables. But I'll be there spousing opinions about uh, Minnesota United and all that fun stuff uh, via TDIM, TDIK, MN, and, uh, you know, general dark cloud stuff. John, where can we find you? Um, I live in St. Louis Park. No, um, I'm on. Uh, go go to St. Louis Park. I'm on. Yell uh, for John. I write, He's there. I put together just a once a week um, news and brief for fifty five one. Super simple, nothing too deep. Just pull out some of what I think are the more interesting storylines of the last couple of days um, from soccer. From when I write that, um, my Twitter handle is Uric U H R I C H underscore John. You can find me there. That's cool. He doesn't want you to actually find him there, but he doesn't know, want to whatever. be found. It's yeah, anywhere. he doesn't give two shits about that. At T D I K M N. Again, we have an email, the Dave's and No M N at Gmail dot com. That's good. Pretty much about it. Thanks for joining us, John. I know. Yeah, thank you. Came to help out with Tifo. Thank you, John. You ended up being a podcast co-host or whatever guest or whatever it was. So I hope you had fun. I had fun. And uh, you can listen to your sultry tones on the uh, interwebs tomorrow morning. I hate listening to the sound of my own voice, but I will probably listen and support you guys that, uh, from not that, for having me. This no, no, p- that's cool. We'll we'll cut you out. Yeah, the, you, you, guys, in- you guys edit this, right? Yeah, we'll cut you out of the entire thing. I can't so wait you, for the nine we'll, hours you of will, editing that will take. <laughs> you will never hear your voice ever again. So, cool. Good. That was fun. Hey. We got a new season ahead of us. I'm excited about it, even though it's depressing. I'm excited oh, about it. So, so bad. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be bad. But I love oh, it. I can't help it. So hey, we are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. We can't do nothing at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Son, 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 son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. So could I get you to read all of that one more time? <laughs> yes. You have a new Twitter a, a new Twitter fan and follower? Exactly, yes. Okay. Tell me about it. All right. Uh Ola Tux Epitagoan at I I already Tux don't like B him. Networking Marketing 2.0 Bullseye emoji digital uh house building real estate American flag money sign entrepreneur world 
uh, emoji repping Nigeria flag emoji worldwide 100% emoji check click the link for free to six seven figures 15 point checklist download doesn't actually have a link there uh, <laughs> everywhere is where his location is olatux.com backslash free download check him out 